Well, we'll turn again to Deuteronomy 31. Deuteronomy chapter 31. We're going to read quite a bit of scripture this morning, which uh, is a good thing. We're going to read from verse 14. The Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thy days approach, that thou must die. Call Joshua, and present yourselves in the tabernacle of the congregation, that I may give him a charge. And Moses and Joshua went, and presented themselves in the tabernacle of the congregation. And the Lord appeared in the tabernacle, in a pillar of cloud. And the pillar of the cloud stood over the door of the tabernacle. And the Lord said unto Moses, Behold, thou shalt sleep with thy fathers, and this people will rise up and go a-whoring after the gods of the strangers of the land, whither they go to be among them, and will forsake me, and break my covenant which I have made with them. Then my anger shall be kindled against them in that day, and I will forsake them, and I will hide my face from them, and they shall be devoured, and many evils and troubles shall befall them. So that they will say in that day, Are not these evils come upon us, because our God is not among us? And I will surely hide my face in that day for all the evils which they shall have wrought. In that they are turned unto other gods. Now therefore, Write ye this song for me, and teach it the children of Israel. Put it in their mouths, that this song may be a witness for me against the children of Israel. For when I shall have brought them into the land which I swear unto their fathers that floweth with milk and honey, and they shall have eaten and filled themselves, and waxen fat, then they will turn unto other gods, and serve them, and provoke me, and break my covenant. And it shall come to pass that when many evils and troubles have befallen them, that this song shall testify against them as a witness. For it shall not be forgotten out of the mouths of their seed, for I know their, their imagination which they go about, even now, before I have brought them into the land which I swear. Moses therefore wrote this song the same day, and taught it to the children of Israel. And he gave Joshua the son of Nun a charge, and said, Be strong and of a good courage, for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. And it came to pass when Moses had made an end of writing the words of this law in a book, until they were finished, that Moses commanded the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord, saying, Take this book of the law, and put it in the side of the ark of the covenant of the Lord your God, that it may be there for a witness against thee. For I know thy rebellion, and thy stiff neck. Behold, while I am yet alive with you this day, 
ye have been rebellious against the Lord. And how much more after my death? Gather unto me all the elders of your tribes and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears, and call heaven and earth to record against them. For I know that after my death ye will utterly corrupt yourselves, and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days, because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. And Moses spake in the ears of all the congregation of Israel the words of this song until they were ended. And we just stop there. What an amazing passage. Moses was soon to die and Joshua was to take his place. What a solemn occasion this was for Joshua. God was to give him a charge, a royal divine command. And so Moses and Joshua presented themselves at the tabernacle. And the Lord appeared in the tabernacle in a pillar of cloud. And the pillar of the cloud stood over the door of the tabernacle. What an awesome thing. And the Lord said. We read what he said. You know, when, when you read these descriptions, we're inclined to say, how wonderful for Moses and Joshua to have this experience. If only that could happen to me. I would be so much more committed, so assured that God was real. And yet, let us remember, they could not look back to Calvary. They knew nothing of the fulfillment of the type which the sacrifices they offered day by day represented the Lord Jesus Christ. They knew nothing of the real assurance we have of our salvation. They knew nothing of Pentecost, the coming of the Holy Spirit to dwell with those people who truly followed Jesus Christ. They knew nothing of the blessed hope the coming again of the Lord Jesus Christ for his bride the church they knew nothing of the church of Jesus Christ Moses did prophesy of a coming prophet as we read in Acts 3.22 for Moses truly said unto the fathers a prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren like unto me him shall ye hear in all things whatsoever he shall say unto you. And it shall come to pass that every soul which will hear, not hear that prophet shall be destroyed from among the people. Yes, they got glimpses here and there. But they didn't have the assurance which we have through Jesus Christ. They couldn't look to a Saviour who had died. 
For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Oh yes, we look at these experiences which these men had, and they were wonderful. But what we have is so much more precious. We have the indwelling presence of God, the Holy Spirit, in our lives. They did not realize that this old covenant, which they were keeping day by day, day by day, year by year, year that it would be closed because it could never take away their sins. It covered their sins. And those sins were covered until Christ died upon the cross and his precious blood redeemed those people. And that's why when Jesus died and he rose again, he carried those people who were captive in paradise in victory, making a show of the evil principalities and power, he showed, made a show of them openly and carried those souls captive in paradise. He freed them and brought them in a wonderful parade, a victory parade, with him into glory. What does it say in Hebrews 10? For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the coming the comers thereunto perfect hebrews 10:11 and every priest standeth daily ministering and offering oftentimes the same sacrifices which can never take away sins and the new covenant was brought in through the death of our lord jesus christ We are in a wonderful, privileged position today. And then, God proceeds to explain to Moses and Joshua what was going to happen after Moses died. And then he says, write a song. Write a song. Never think of Moses as a songwriter. But he was. And we will look at that song in Deuteronomy 32. I'm sure it'll take us a couple of weeks to have a look at that. It's interesting, actually. Have a look at verse 28. And uh, it says, Gather all the elders, this is after you've written the song, and your officers, that I may speak these words to in their ears, and call heaven and earth to record against them. No, I, that's, uh, don't take it too literally. It's just a point. But in verses 16 to 21, we read the catalogue of the sins into which Israel would sink. They were going to forsake God and go a-whoring after false gods, after everything that God had said and done. That was his summing up. And then Moses wrote this long song. And then he recorded it in a book. And Joshua received this charge. God said, be strong and have a good courage. 
for thou shalt bring the children of Israel into the land which I swear unto them, and I will be with thee. I'm sure Joshua stored that up in his mind and in his heart. And at times when difficulties came, he had that assurance, that experience of God in the tabernacle, appearing in a pillar of cloud and saying unto him, I will be with thee. When Ai was defeated, I'm sure he, he was at his wit's end. Then he remembered, did he? I will be with thee. We have that assurance that Jesus said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. The Holy Spirit, he shall come and dwell with you forever. Remember the promises of God. And then in verse 24, Moses finished writing all the law in a book and commanded the Levites responsible for bearing the Ark of the Covenant. These people had a very important job. The Ark of the Covenant, the very symbol of the very presence of God with Israel. And they had the charge of bearing that whenever they moved. They say you have to put this at the side of the Ark of the Covenant in a safe place where it shall be a witness against thee. All that Moses had said in Deuteronomy was to be recorded and kept as a witness against those people who were going to go a-whoring after false gods. Then again Moses recounts to Israel, and it would appear to the Levites in particular, those who were responsible for the spiritual education of the people. He goes into great detail. Here's what he says. For I know thy rebellion, thy stiff neck. Behold, while I am yet alive with you this day, ye have been rebellious against the Lord. And how much more after my death? If you're like this now, what will it be like when I'm not amongst you? Gather unto me all the tribes and the elders and your officers, that I may speak these words in their ears, and call heaven and earth to record against them. For I know that after my death, ye will utterly corrupt yourselves. Oh, it's unbelievable, isn't it? He knew that after his death, ye will utterly corrupt yourselves and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you. And evil will befall you in the latter days. Because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. You know, nobody can ever blame Moses for not warning Israel of the dangers ahead. 
all of which they sadly ignored, apart from the small group of prophets and a godly remnant that went through the, New Te the Old Testament and recorded in Scripture. But Israel went a whoring after false gods. That godly remnant was there, but they were in the minority. The really sad bit, I think, with that speech, and how it must have affected dear Moses' heart, when he said, While I am yet alive with you this day, ye have been rebellious against the Lord, and how much more after my death. For I know that after my death ye will utterly corrupt yourselves, and turn aside from the way which I have commanded you, and evil will befall you in the latter days, because ye will do evil in the sight of the Lord, to provoke him to anger through the work of your hands. And one of the main reasons was because they were going to be comfortable. They were going to be uh, well fed. They were going to have all the material needs that they desired. How much like Christians in the world today. Sometimes that is a great snare. To our Christian witness. And after all that Moses had said throughout the book of Deuteronomy, this was his sad conclusion. Disaster loomed ahead. Let us move forward into the New Testament and look at what our Lord said. Our Lord thought of his disciples as lambs. Luke 10 verse 3 says, Go your ways, behold, I send you forth as lambs among wolves. And because of that, he warned them in, in Matthew 7:15, Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. God, the Lord Jesus Christ, knew, as he did in the times of Deuteronomy and Moses, that the Christians going out into the world were in constant danger from ravening wolves. Wolves, greedy, cruel and destructive animals. They, Jesus was warning his disciples as they went out into the world that they were in danger of being attacked by wolves. Jesus knew that when he left his little flock of lambs they were likely to be attacked by such people. And we've looked at this before. Paul on his way back to Jerusalem, when he called for the elders of the assembly at Ephesus to come and meet him, 
And as he spoke to them for the last time, they would not see him again. In Acts 20, 25, we looked at this last a few weeks ago, but Moses repeated himself, I'm making no excuse for repeating myself again, as Moses did time and time again. He, here's what Paul says. And now, behold, I know that ye all, among whom I have gone preaching the kingdom of God, shall see my face no more. Just like Moses taking his leave. Wherefore I take you to record this day that I am pure from the blood of all men. For I have not shunned to declare unto you all the counsel of God. Take heed therefore unto yourselves and to all the flock over which the Holy Ghost hath made you overseers to feed the church of God which he hath purchased with his own blood. For this I know, how similar this was to what Moses said, this I know that after my departing shall grievous woes enter in among you, not sparing the flock. Also of your own selves shall men arise, speaking perverse things, to draw away disciples after them. Therefore watch and remember that by the space of three years I cease not to warn every one night and day with tears. And now, brethren, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them that are sanctified. The word of God will build us up and enable us to withstand the attacks of these evil people. It goes on to be able to say, I have coveted no man's silver or gold or apparel. Yea, ye yourselves know that these hands have ministered unto my necessities and to them that were with me. I have showed you all things, how that so labouring ye ought to support the weak and to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said, It is more blessed to give than to receive. When he had thus spoken, he kneeled down and prayed with them all. And they all wept sore and fell on Paul's neck and kissed him. A very moving and solemn occasion in the life of Paul. And sadly, we know that his words were prophetic. And today we see similar things happening all around us in churches. The word of God. It's been made of no effect. What about these wolves? What about, why always these wolves? Well, all through the Old Testament they talk about wolves. Look at Ezekiel 22. We're going to read a, a, a fairly big portion here just to give you the picture of what Ezekiel saw was happening in Israel. Following on one from what Moses had said in Deuteronomy 31, what would happen when he left did it happen? Let's look at Ezekiel 22. And we read from verse 17. And we will see here a parallel of what is happening in many instances around the world in churches today. Are churches which are called Christian, but many which are apostate. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, 
the house of Israel is to me become dross. Dross. Dross is the waste or the scum which comes to the surface when you're melting metals. Here in this place, God wanted pure silver, but all that was there was dross, a load of rubbish. That's what he, he, he identifies Israel with. Rubbish. Fit to be thrown out. All they are brass and tin and iron and lead in the midst of the furnace, they are even the dross of silver. Therefore thus saith the Lord, Because ye are all become dross, useless, waste, called dross, behold, therefore I will gather you into the midst of Jerusalem, as they gather silver, brass and iron and lead and tin into the midst of the furnace, to blow the fire upon it, to melt it. So I will gather you in mine anger and in my fury, and I will leave you there and melt you. Yea, I will gather you and blow upon you the fire of my wrath, and ye shall be melted in the midst thereof. As silver is melted in the midst of the furnace, so shall ye be melted in the midst thereof, and ye shall know that I, the Lord, have poured out my fury upon you. The word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, say unto her, to Israel, that thou art the land that is not cleansed. They were to go into a land flowing with milk and honey, there in this land which was not cleansed, nor rained upon in the day of indignation. There is a conspiracy of her prophets in the midst thereof, like a roaring lion ravening the prey. A lion that roars, while it is tearing its prey asunder. And so these false prophets thundered out their menaces against the true prophets of God those that adhered to these false prophets. They were clamouring against them as enemies and threatening them with accusations. They have devoured souls. They have taken the treasure, God's word. And, you know, that's what's happening today. People have taken the treasure of God's word, the precious things, as it says here, that they they have made her many widows in the midst thereof. They have attacked God's word. Not many people believe the Bible is totally inspired word of God today. They've been attacked by these false prophets. Satan is described as a roaring lion going round seeking whom he may devour. These false prophets were like roaring lions. Her priests, those priests who had been the, given the task of carrying the word, the, the, the Ark of the Covenant, the, the, the presence, the very presence of God. And where this book was hidden, the book of the law was hidden. What have they done? They violated my law. They gave the wrong interpretation. They say we're saying peace, peace, when there was no peace. They themselves taught things contrary to the word of God. We see that so rife today in churches. Things that are 
man's ideas, man's tradition are being taught. Those who are, have set themselves up as priests have violated my law, God says. Here's another thing. They have put no difference between the holy and the profane. Neither have they showed difference between the unclean and the clean. We have churches where the saved and the unsaved all say the same things. All, all are there, treated as if they're all Christian. They've hid their eyes from my Sabbaths, and I am profaned among them. Our princes in the midst thereof are like wolves, ravening the prey, to shed blood and to destroy souls and to get dishonest gain. And her prophets have daubed them.